There was blood on the sand. Footlights all aglow. The Sparks Ignite. Ha! A brand new show. W Radio. Your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 358 for the week of April 13th, 2014. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, which you can subscribe to over on iTunes, my blog, videos, live broadcasts, special events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, audio tours, and my brand new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World. You can find everything over at wdwradio.com. So I'm going to open up the inbox this week and answer your questions about things like the best times to visit Walt Disney World, Disney bounding, getting some Disney magic at home, solo dining, Disney cruises, Disneyland, and much more. Then I'll have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for some more announcements, a new Disney fan event coming this summer, and your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Walt Disney World can be an overwhelming place, and to me, that's actually sometimes a good thing because there's so much to cover and do and see and eat and experience. There's something new every single time that you go. But I think it also brings up a lot of questions, especially for people who may not get to go and really who does as often as we like. And I get so many questions from you guys all the time. And I love being able to share them on the show because I think that other people have similar questions too as they start to plan their next vacation or maybe have a question about Walt Disney World history or trivia, whatever it may be. So I like being able to share those and help you have the best experience possible. Whenever it comes time to opening up the inbox as we do this week, helping me along the way is the men to my bill, the, the McCall to my bogey, and the Norbu to my Bob. She is Becky Mankin. She is the owner of MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. <laughs> With an intro like that, what could possibly go wrong? Nothing. How many of those references <laughs> did you actually get? Min to my bill. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Min to bill. What's your bill? Who to your bill? What? Who? The Min to my bill, as in okay. Dockside Diner. It was a. No. Nope. It, it's Hollywood. Never mind. No idea. Bacall and Bogey. Please, for the love of all. I got that one. Okay. And the Norbu to my Bob. Have you, been, have you ever been to Walt Disney World? Have you ever even been? <laughs> have you, do you even know where Walt... Listen, let's get right into the emails because when I tell you that as I was starting to pull these together for this week's show, uh, and, and forgive me to those of you who emailed me, I have hundreds in the queue that we need to get to. So enough of this chit-chat, yak-yak, and flim-flam. Where's that from? I know that one. Yeah. Uh, country Bear Jamboree, hello. <laughs> Very good. All right. See, I just re- recovered. Let's, uh, let's get right into the emails. The first one comes from Bonnie Galtney. And she says, Lou, I turned the dreaded 50 this year. Becky, you remember 50, like 10 years ago? Remember when you hit 50? I'm not even there yet. Bonnie, listen, 50 is the new 25. So own it and love it, and it's all a state of mind. Uh, I turned the dreaded 50 this year, been very determined to do it on my own terms. Out of way, girl. Which means I wanted to turn 50 at Walt Disney World. Last year, it came to my attention that my birthday is Good Friday. I'm not going to, I'm not, I am not. Wait a second. What? I am not going to Walt Disney World. I am not. I don't know what it means. I am not it to going 
to Walt Disney World during the busiest... I guess she's not adverse to going to Walt Disney World during the busiest travel times. Would you recommend going the week before or just after or celebrating my birthday at a completely another time? It'll be my eighth trip since 1975. I've been there July, Memorial Day, and Labor Day weeks. But if I have to put my trip off... I was leaning towards the fall to try and catch something I've not seen, such as the not-so-scary Halloween party, food and wine festival, or Disney at Christmas, mainly the Osborne Lights, she says. Could I recommend a good travel week so we could maybe incorporate as much as possible? I want to do it right. My husband only allows, and I'm going to put that in air quotes, a Walt Disney World vacation every year, so yet you stay married to him. I am getting concerned about how many trips I truly have left. LOL, she says. And again, that's from Bonnie. All right, Bonnie, so there's a lot going on here, and I totally dig it, and I like the fact that you are open to traveling for your birthday trip at non-birthday times a year. And I, I think that maybe is something that you should consider because, look, time is money. And I think knowing when to go is one of the best ways to not just save money on your trip, but to get the best out of it. And I'm going to shamelessly plug my 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book because it has really an entire chapter on knowing when to go because not just in terms of, of crowds and how heavy they may be, but getting the most bang for your buck the weather, other special events included with theme park admission, discounts, free dining, all those things are some of the things and the factors you should take into consideration when you're planning your trip. Now, if you have to think about a time to go, one of my favorite times, and if it works for you, look at it this way, is September. Sort of that the middle of the month, maybe like the weekend, the week after Labor Day, up until maybe that week or so before Thanksgiving week, it is uh, the crowds are very light. The weather is not as brutally hot. Most of the kidlets are back in school. You can probably get Halloween decorations as well. Uh, it, again, it, it's value season. You can get some great discounts and deals as well. That is one of my favorite times to, uh, uh, to go. You did mention the Osborne lights. If you want to really see Christmas, the first week of December is another uh, of my favorite times to go when I used to you know, travel back and forth from New Jersey. Becky Mankin, your two cents. Wow. Uh, you, you need me? Why? <laughs> I was just going to follow up with that and say fall is awesome. And that time period in September, especially now, because they just expanded the dates for food and wine. And this year it's going to be a record 53 days and it's going to start September 19th. So you can probably hit food and wine and Mickey's Not So Scary Party and all of the things that are going on in the fall. Plus have, like you said, the lower crowds and the um, the great food, of course, and the lower rates. And then you never know, historically, September uh, free dining comes into play or has in the past. We don't know if it's going to happen this year or not. But there's a lot of benefits to going during that time. And again, the lower crowds is a big one, especially with everything that's going on. Yeah, and weather too. You know, weather. Weather. You know, yes, some, it, it is. Uh, it is just starting to get to that. And I know people in the north are still cold, but you know, April and May is when uh, when they start to turn up the heat in Florida. Yeah, your and, favorite time. Uh, I know you like the heat. And uh, humidity. It's your favorite. I, I I try to avoid that place. You know, from June to to August, but September starts getting better. But you know, we've all also been there in November when it was sweltering hot. So it really can vary from from season to season. So Bonnie, our answer is to go as often as you can and talk to your Pretty husband much. about this five plus year thing. Let me get that guy on the phone and see if we can talk some sense into that man. All right, <laughs> uh, the next email comes from Anne. Lizzie, and she says, hi, Lou, and hopefully Becky. My husband and I are planning a trip to Walt Disney World in December 2014. I had a few questions about what to expect when we get there. First, I'm planning on Disney bounding. I'll explain that to you in a second, Becky. It's dressing up in an <laughs> outfit inspired by a Disney character. There's lots of Disney bounding tumblers out there. For a couple days when we're in the parks, I was hoping to dress up as Anna from Frozen and Merida from Brave and meet them on the day I'm dressed up as them. What parks are best to see them? Secondly, I'm also a huge Newsies fan. I know the chances of coming across it in the parks are pretty slim, but I figured since it's such a hit on Broadway, maybe Disney's added it. Has Newsies popped up anywhere in the parks yet, or is it still just going to be me and my DVD in the hotel room? Thanks so much for your time, and keep up the good work. You and Becky bickering is always the highlight of my commute. <laughs> I don't think it's really a bicker. Isn't it more of a quibble? It's more of a, a jolly banter. It's okay, more of a banter. It's witty banter. So, all right, a couple things like going on. So the okay. Disney bounding thing, I didn't even know was a thing. I'm clearly out like, of touch. 
isn't it like cosplay a little bit, but just on a, a more less intricate scale? Yeah, it's not really getting in costume as that character, but you're wearing sort of quote unquote normal everyday clothes inspired by the character's look. So you might have a certain, you know, shirt and pants that are inspired by the colors and, and tie, whatever it might be. And I've seen some really creative stuff. And I know uh, Susanna from Xanaland.com was talking about how the Dapper Day that they had, sort of that unofficial day in Disneyland and Walt Disney World, there were a ton of people who were Disney doing Disney bounding. So this is something uh, I've been thinking about a lot, and I really would sort of be curious to get photos from and talk to people, maybe do a video about some of these Disney bounders, because it's sort of adding a whole new level of the Disney experience without having to go and sew your own costume, as many people do. Look, I've, I've been to you know Megacon and some of the other conferences, and people do some amazing work putting costumes together. But to your question about uh, Anna from Frozen and Merida for Brave, you get a twofer because you can go to the Magic Kingdom and see them both. Merida has her interactive meet and greet uh, right in sort of the, the walkway into Tomorrowland by Cinderella Castle. And now you can meet Anna and Elsa. It's a threefer. Uh, they are going to be coming over to Princess Fairytale Hall because of the five-hour waits that they were and they still are getting right now in Norway which I don't get. I love them, and I belt out Let It Go in the shower and car as often as the next girl, but I will tell you, I waiting five hours, I, I, we talked about this on a, on a recent yeah. show, it, it's all about the music. I think that's why people love those characters so, so much. Yeah, well, I, I do too, but um, I do want to point out, just for people who don't understand the difference between the Disney bounding, which I had no idea that there was actually a label for that, so I've learned something today, um, but that's different between that and kind of being a costumed person, because if you're wearing any sort of costume and it's not Halloween or a Disney race, they're going to turn you away at the gate. You're not going to be able to wear those an actual costume in for those who might not know the difference between the two. Right, they don't want any sort of confusion on a guest part, and they... People come running up to you wanting to take your picture because Becky's dressed like Tinkerbell. She knows this from experience. Wow. Uh, well, hey, as what? You know what's going to end up happening. The, uh, the question is then, you know, what are you going to Disney bound as? So let's move so. on to the newsies part of the question. <laughs> uh, I, I've, got some, I, I've got some news. Pardon the pun. Accidental. Ooh. I have some news for you. So news, this I actually get this question more often than I thought I would. Uh, newsies was actually featured in... The Christmas Day Parade. So if you go back, and, and you might be able to catch a video of it, they did have Newsies um, in the parade. And you will not find, as far as I know, unless there's a reference I have not found yet, and that's very possible, I have not found a reference to Newsies in the park, but I believe it's still there because back last July in 2013, they updated the marquees over at All Star Music in the Broadway section. So they have marquees now for Lion King, Little Mermaid, Tarzan, Beauty and the Beast. I think they had Mary Poppins and Newsies. So hmm. it is a relative, well, I mean, it's a big sign. It's a big marquee. But that's sort of the only reference that I can find. If anybody else knows of other Newsies references, especially in the park, because I was thinking maybe over at Hollywood Studios somewhere, please email me, lou at www.radio.com or share it on our Facebook page or Twitter, whatever it might be, and we'll certainly let Anne know. And Becky's got nothing. So we're going to move on I, to on Travis. News, have you ever on. seen Newsies? No. <laughs> we are getting you. I know a, what it is. We're getting I you a Betamax player for, for Christmas this year. <laughs> Travis from Temple, Texas says, I am a 31-year-old high school teacher and band director, and I've been a Walt Disney World fan ever since the first time I went in 1988. I just discovered your show a few months ago, and, I've abs and I'm, have absolutely been addicted to it. I've been to Walt Disney World probably five or six times, and I'm now going to Walt Disney World with my parents and siblings in two weeks, and your show has been fueling my enthusiasm. I cannot thank you enough for all that you do. Travis, thank you for letting me do what I do. For me, you guys do exactly what you talk about all the time, which is bring a little bit of Disney magic to me, and my question is about first-timers. My family was wonderful enough to invite my girlfriend along who has never been to Disney World. My question to you is this. Do you think I should fill her in on what she's going to be seeing at all? Other than telling her the names of attractions, I've been very tight-lipped about everything. I haven't even told her what are my favorite attractions. Do you think that's the right strategy? Thanks for all you do. Keep up the good work. It's nice to know there are other people who are as crazy about this stuff as I am. Travis, my brother, I promise you, you are not alone. You are among your people. You are among your people. So you have a, a very interesting question that I think a lot of people 
run into, Becky? Because a lot of times in a relationship, there is the Disney person that wants to bring the other one into the fold, let them drink the Kool-Aid as delicious and cool as it is. So do you, for me, it comes down to the decision, do you want her to get involved in the planning or do you want to surprise her? And I think there's pros and cons to each. Someone who gets to aid in the planning, they, again, going back to being, not being overwhelmed, they get to be part of the experience. They let to, they get to see what things might interest them and be part of the process because I think your Disney vacation begins even before you get out to the parks. Or do you surprise her? I will, um, I will take the surprise side. <laughs> I, I like that idea. I like the idea of saying, this is what I love. Let me show it to you. Let me bring you there with no frame of reference whatsoever other than you hear me, you know, talking about it and and listening to some dude talk about it once a week on WW Radio. Let me surprise you. Let me show you Walt Disney World the way I think you should see it. And then once you get there and she starts to get comfortable and she's not overwhelmed, then she sort of, she's brought up to speed. She's all excited. Then she could say, hey, I want to go do this, this again. Or, hey, is there Newsies somewhere in the parks? What You know, can we do this? Where else can we... She will start to very quickly not get overwhelmed, but be part of the planning while you're there. So you sort of get a little bit of the best of both worlds. And you know what? There's not going to be an equibling on this one because I kind of agree with you. I've had a little experience with this being kept in the dark thing with a pseudo brother that tries to hide stuff and takes immense joy in that whole scenario. So... (laughs) I honestly think that the surprise route is the best way to go. Obviously, it totally depends on her personality. She Does she enjoy discovery? Then not letting her know too much is going to be a lot of fun because you're going to watch her face. You're going to live it. The first, uh, the, your first experience through her eyes. And, you know, there are other people who are a little bit uh, type A who want to control all the detail and they want to know what to expect. Becky, no Becky, idea. speaking from experience, obviously, <laughs> she's talking about herself. Let me just be clear. I have no idea who those people <laughs> may be, but it's it, you know, I think that going the surprise route and opening up the magic in front of her that way is the best way to go. Yeah, and just so you know, if you want to see Becky's head spin like Linda Blair's, just keep surprises wow. from her because she, I have so many <laughs> that she doesn't even know it. All right, let's move on to Grace R., who says, Lou, I absolutely love your show. In 2010, I was able to go to Walt Disney World for eight days solo. I had a great time. I didn't want to leave. Since then, I never had the money to go. I began planning another trip in 2011, but had to cancel because of money. She said she cried about that. There are some days when I dream and plan about going back, and I listen to your shows. But then there are days that I can't have anything to do with Disney because it makes me sad that I can't go. So my question is, is there anything else besides your awesome show, she writes, that I can read, listen to, or watch that'll make it easier to wait for my next trip whenever that will be? I love your show. So does my mom and my sister who really, really, really want to go, and they've never been. And she says, thanks, Grace. So Grace uh, and Becky, I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot, maybe some different things. Um, there's a lot of different, obviously, outlets there. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you you found the show. And, and look, YouTube is your friend, right? There's so much to watch out there, some amazing videos. I personally don't watch a lot of things via YouTube because I want to, if I haven't seen it before, I want to experience it in person. But it is a close substitute to being there. Um, there are the Disney Parks DVDs uh, and shows on Destina- Destination America and Travel Time. I think the Disney Parks DVDs are right now on Netflix um, and maybe possibly Amazon Prime as well. Travel Channel always has uh, Disney shows as well. I, I Believe it or not, I'm going to recommend other Disney podcasts, right? I, I gladly recommend them because so many of the guys and girls out there who are doing it are friends of mine. I like what they do, and I believe that there is room and time for us all, right? And you will eventually find the topics and the hosts that you like uh, I think you should go and, you know, talk amongst your friends. And I say friends, whether you have met them or not, go to forums, go to Facebook. We have a, a very active discussion forum still over at www.radio.com. Go to Facebook. Here's something else, Grace, you might not have thought about. Start your own, right? Start blogging. Mm-hmm. Start doing a Tumblr, a podcast, whatever it may be. Start to, you can, you know, sometimes sharing your own passion for Disney is a great way to feed and fuel that passion. Right. I started this show out of a personal love of Disney and, you know, it's a joy for me being able to share it this way. And 
Grace, because I feel bad you had to cancel your trip in 2011. If you email me at lou at wdwradio.com, I'm going to send you all six of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, which should give you about seven or eight hours of virtually feeling like you're being there um, in in 3D stereophonic sound. Aww, that's so sweet of you. And then, of course, and, and well, you're right. And the planning videos and, I mean, even your the, the little Disney in a Minutes, those little things can really help you touch base with the Disney magic. Seriously. But I really like the ideas, especially in the online communities like the WDW radio forums and, and all the other fan forums that are out there because you can then – commiserate with fellow people who think the way you do and who love the Disney brand and the Disney product. And I'm going to also go to join us Wednesday night in the box because your shows on Wednesday bring people together to talk about things and their love of Disney and the news that's going on. And it, it will at least bring you closer to the people thinking about it and thinking the way you do. And it's, it's just great to get involved. And it's a lot of fun. And we talk yeah. about... With Disney news and then a little bit of, of everything Disney and and Grace, you can be in the chat room. You can sort of be in a text yeah. chat. You don't have to be on camera. But and how, look, you know, Becky, how many people in the box have become friends and, and talk to each other sort of offline and, and have gotten to meet each other. So you're right. It is sort of a great sort of community way to do that. Yeah. And of course, if she's looking to save money on her next trip because she's going to save for it, you know, you can also recommend your little 102 book oh. because that's all about saving money, right? Can I ask you a question? Why do you, when you talk about the things I do, why do you put little in front of it? Oh, your little videos. Oh, your little book. Oh, your little box. Because it's not hugely time-consuming like, like your little podcast. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's move on. K Chandler 126. Your parents named you K Chandler 126. Oh, no. That's your like screen. All right. Hello, Lou and Becky. I have a question about traveling with pets. My mom wants to bring her dog along when she goes back to Walt Disney World. I know the Fort Wilderness allows dogs in certain campsites. Are dogs allowed in the cabin? If not, can you rent an RV from Disney or another third-party company in Florida that does allow dogs? Or do you have to bring your own rented RV from home? Thank you for any help that you can provide. Uh, we've had this question before, and I think this is something that a lot of people are starting to do. I, I know my mom is a complete freak when it comes to a dog, and I mean freak in the most affectionate kind of way. Um, and a lot of people want to travel with their pets, and the campsites are a great way to do that. They are lim are they are welcome in a very limited number of pet-friendly preferred hookup and premium campsites. And there are specific rules that you sort of have to, uh, you know, obviously you can't bring your pet hyena or, you know, jaguar there. Uh, they have to be on a leash at six feet or shorter and, and confined in the interior of the owner's personal recreation vehicle. Um, and there's also some, there's wagging trails, dog parks and things like that. There's also the great best friends pet care, which I've actually boarded my cat at, uh, which is Right there, uh, it's open seven days a week. They are wonderful with the pets. I'll put a link to it or just do a Google search for best friends pet care. Uh, Disney does not rent RVs. Uh, I, I know that there are certainly a ton of companies that do that. Um, I know, Becky, we, we we're probably laughing internally because we have thought about doing the coast-to-coast -coast RV tour together, but not actually. Uh, so we know that there are companies that rent them out. But in terms of bringing your pet to Walt Disney World, that really, so one of those campsites, in an RV that either you own or rent, you know, to bring with you is probably going to be your best bet. Yeah, I can actually add to that because I have rented an RV down there where we rented it and they delivered it and set up right to the, the loop um, that we had a reservation in. So there are uh, companies that will do that and they do allow pets for an extra deposit. So Google it. Google is your friend. Google is your Google and YouTube, which are closely married, are your friend. All right. Uh, the next question comes from Tim J. Harpole, and he says, Hey, Lou, I am finally taking a solo trip in July. Quick aside, I loved seeing so many people go solo because I've gone solo, and I totally dig it. Uh, my first visit to the U.S. without my parents, and I was wondering for advice on dining solo in Walt Disney World. I'm going for four days, then heading to Boston and New York to watch my beloved Rays, but thinking of maybe fitting in two table service restaurants in that time. I start my first proper job after college in September, so money is kind of tight. Where would you go for a brilliant solo meal in the parks, which is reasonably priced? Also, I'm staying near downtown and plan on walking in and using the buses. 
I have not been on the buses for years, probably since about 2000. So what's the best way to deal with buses on the way back to downtown Disney of an evening? I'm guessing they finish earlier than buses to the resort hotels, question mark. Would I be able to see Wishes and still get back or get somewhere close by? I met you back at the December meet of the month. I was the Brit in shorts and a T-shirt because it really wasn't that cold. And I really want to say thanks for making me feel welcome then. Um, I know you might be away when I'm in Walt Disney World, but I'm going to keep my ears open and eyes on Twitter just in case you happen to be in the parks. As always, thanks for everything you do. And a great show which keeps the Walt Disney World dreams alive in Britain. Many thanks, Tim J. Harple. Oh, by the way, what's better for kids? Flower, garden, or food and wine? Can we add more? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so three questions. First things, uh, and I love, and I can tell you this from from the UK, he's starting his first proper job after college, so he wants a brilliant solo meal in the parks, reasonably priced. Becky, ladies first, go. I I have two that in the reasonably priced category, and of course you know that I travel solo quite a lot as well. I I love Teppanado for solo because they put you at a communal table and you dine with others and you talk and you see a show and I really do enjoy that. The other one that I really like is Beaches and Cream, going up to the counter and sitting at the counter, talking and chatting with the others and people at the counter and the cast members. And um, those are the two that that I kind of tend to to be pulled to for um, reasonably priced locations. So I was thinking about this, and I'm, I was so desperately trying not to pull a typical Lou and just name every restaurant save for three in Walt Disney oh, World. Oh, please. That would be great if you, I could actually do that. So he's <laughs> at In the Parks. So I'll give, yeah. you, I'll give you four quickie options. Magic okay. Kingdom, I think the Plaza Restaurant, is a brilliant meal at, that's reasonably priced, and you can go there solo. It's a, I think it's a nice, very quaint restaurant. I think in Epcot um, – you know, trying be. I think Epcot for me is the park where you could be a little adventurous culinary wise. So try something maybe mm-hmm. like Tangerine Cafe, or or I'll stick with Tangerine Cafe because I'm not going to mention every restaurant uh, over at Hollywood <laughs> Studios. One thing that you can try doing, which I think is really cool and a lot of fun, is you can go to um, Prime Time. You can actually eat at the bar. Right, so if you don't want to, if you feel awkward, maybe about getting a table by yourself, you know, oh, right. akin to your beach and green, you can get a full bar. You can get a full menu at the bar, and there is that social aspect to that as well, if that's what you want. And over in uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom, I'm a huge fan of Yak and Yeti. Uh, do you can do either inside table service, or I love the counter service. Walk up outside, and the nice thing about going solo is if you want to make friends, dining is the best way to do it. Right. There's nothing wrong with turning to your left or turning to your right or, or inviting somebody to sit at your table if you want, if you see them walking around. And uh, there's something about this place that that invites this this idea of immediate friendships. And, hey, it's OK to come and sit with me and start up a conversation with somebody if you like. And I've done that plenty of times before. And when people haven't run off screaming out of fear, I've actually become friends with some of those people. So there you go. <laughs> How about the beer garden? Do, do they do the big, long community? To communal tables still? It's been a while. They do. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. So, and if you leave Beer Garden hungry, something's wrong, Tim. Something's really wrong. <laughs> well, if you do, you walk out and you get a giant pretzel and, and then game over. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he also wants to know about the buses on the way back to downtown Disney. I know the downtown Disney bus service begins um, 30 minutes prior to park opening, I believe. And usually the bus driver will, will announce the last bus return time because it does vary depending on park closing. But you should still be able to see wishes and probably get back, you can probably still get back to downtown Disney um, relatively easy. If not, there's always cabs available pretty much anywhere. So even if you have to get back to a hotel and, the, and get a cab from there, you can do that too. Yeah, the downtown Disney buses do run rather late because, of course, they're trying to accommodate those of us who, you know, go out and hang <laughs> in the places like Raglan Road. Another great place to go solo. Yeah, well, I and, and downtown Disney was, you know, parodies with the, I, yeah, the, see, I'm doing it. I'm doing what I said I yeah. wasn't going to do. You're, you're <laughs> bringing, bringing me down the rabbit hole. Uh, finally, what's better for kids, flower or garden or food and wine? Hmm. Uh, believe it or not, I'm actually going to say flower and garden because Why? they have a lot of kid-friendly activities. They have a lot of kid-friendly spaces. They've got the playground areas. They've got the mater area. They've got the Tinkerbell thing. They've got the butterfly garden. They have a lot of things going on specifically for younger guests. I think food and wine, kids could potentially get lost in the shuffle because a lot of the things are obviously food related. There aren't any of those playground areas where kid, you know, you can't sort of run through the 
like Willy Wonka's land of oh that would be cool right Willy Wonka's like giant land of chocolate I just have a new idea for food and wine um, so I would definitely say Flower and Garden um, hands down it it's actually going on right now as we're recording it and my kids were asking me this weekend hey we really want, can we can you take us to Flower and Garden Festival so oh, I mean, cool. and my kids are eight and ten or ten going on thirty five whatever it may be. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, you know. Uh, Ben says, hey, Lou, I have got a disgraceful friend. (laughs) Isn't that so funny? (laughs) Have people described their husbands, wives, and friends? Like, I hate my fiance. She doesn't like Disney. All right. Uh, He doesn't believe in the magic of Walt Disney World. He always says it's for babies, and they should have grown out of it when I was six. However, he's never been, and he's never experienced it firsthand, so thus takes a stereotypical stance, again, quote, Disney is for babies. Never, I say, says Ben. (laughs) So I've got a question for you and Becky. If you were ever to go to Disney, what would be the best restaurant to take him to? He isn't a man guy nor a girl guy, although a bit of a wimp. (laughs) I'm not looking for a guy's... Listen, it sounds like you guys are going to be buds forever. I am not looking for a guy's (laughs) restaurant, but one which will introduce him on his first night to Disney. He's Italian and thus has high expectations. Thanks. Missing the magic, Ben. All right. So, Ben, there's a lot. There's a lot. I got it. We got to sit down, man, because first things first, I don't know how old you are. So it's it's tough for me to put a sort of frame of reference. I'm guessing maybe in 20s, right, because maybe you're talking about going together or maybe like you're in your late teens, early 20s. First things first, if he's Italian, don't take him to an Italian restaurant anywhere in Florida. Because he right. will be woefully disappointed. Not that there's not good restaurants. It's just the water and the bread. It's this whole separate podcast altogether. Um, I think that what you need to do is find that balance between between giving him the taste of the quote-unquote magic but not being too whimsical. You don't want to let him go, see, see, this place is just for kids and babies and, you know, why am I having breakfast with princesses? So that's not where you want to go. One of the first things, Becky, that that jumped to mind was – a, get him into the parks, right? Get him into the parks and let him see that it is not all about, you know, princess meet and greets and Dumbo and things that are for smaller kids. The first two things that jumped into my mind were Primetime Cafe and Sci-Fi Dine-In because I think they're cool. I think they've got the Disney feel to it. So he could walk into Sci-Fi and go, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, check out these cars and there's the old movies. It has nothing Disney, quote unquote, attached to it, but it's fun and kind of mm-hmm. kitschy. And then sci-fi, uh, primetime, it's that same thing. Like, oh, look at this cool kind of retro thing. And then hopefully you get a, a – and 99% of the time you will. You'll get an awesome server that will start to sort of bring him into the fold and let him start buying into that experience. So those are just a couple of ideas that I sort of, again, wanted to start off inside the parks. What about you? Hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to quibble. <laughs> Shocker. I, well, geez, what can I say? Because I'm, I'm thinking she wants to ease him into this, right? Maybe the park isn't the first place to go. Maybe you ease him into the things that, that Disney offers around the parks. So especially if he's a foodie with high expectations, you may d- need to go for a place that mixes exceptional food with a little extra magic that only Disney can cook up, right? So, of course, and you know where I'm going to go right off the top of my head. I was thinking California Grill. Only because, too, yeah. because awesome food, great view, fireworks. What guy doesn't like pyro? Really, think about it. And then you can show him that Disney's just not all about the theme park. It's it has other aspects to it that can really appeal to the adult palate and the adult thought process. Then, after he kind of sees that there's more to enjoy there than just the theme parks for the babies, then you can ease him into the theme park once he's kind of grasped the reality that. Disney's not just, you know, fantasy land. Right. And, and I had my, California Grill and Shula's actually came. You know, I was like, all right, maybe he yeah. wants sort of. But then he said, well, he's not a guy's guy or a girl's guy. I also thought about Epcot, too. Like, bring him down during yeah. a food and wine festival. Brother, yeah. if Ben, if he, listen, if you bring him down during a food and wine festival and he's not digging that, you just, that's it. Your friendship is over. I forbid you to see him ever again. He is, a, he well, is not a dis- good for you. He's a disgraceful friend to begin with, apparently, and good. then he's a bit of a wimp. <laughs> yeah, Ben, I want uh, you to know in five years. Let me know if you and he are still friends. And if you are, there we that's go. awesome. But yeah, bring, bring your food and wine might be a great way. To uh, to sort of introduce him to the culinary side of Disney World, and then sort of the you know ease him into the Disney Park side to say, hey, come on, as long as we're here, let's go check out Soren. You know, let's go check out yeah. Test Track, whatever it might be. So yeah, 
All right. Brittany from Indiana says, uh, I love listening to your show every week while I'm cleaning on my day off. And I had a question about the number A113 in a lot of Pixar movies. And I just recently saw in Lilo and Stitch. And I was wondering if you knew the relevancy of what this quote unquote code would be. And thanks, Brittany Winters. So, Becky, I'm going to ask you, do you know what A113 is? You know what? I just Googled I do. it. <laughs> I just Googled it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me pull up Google really oh, fast. Lord. No, isn't it? Doesn't it have something to do with um, the number? Hold on. No, the the number of a room at Cal, not Cal, uh, California Arts, right? Cal Arts, right. Okay. So, right. A113 was a uh, one of the uh, the classrooms that guys like John Lasseter and so many of the other artists from Pixar uh, took classes in over at Cal Arts. And it is something that they put into Every single one of the Pixar movies, you'll also find it in a bunch of Marvel movies. See if you can I'm find gr- it in the right. Avengers. When I saw it, I was like as happier as, almost as happy as when I saw it's Black Widow, but I was really happy. But Brittany, I'm going to, uh, I'll put it in the show notes. I also have a Disney in a minute video where I talk about specifically that reference and that reference where it can be found inside the Disney parks because there's one that you can find over at Disney's Hollywood Studios if you look hard enough. So I show you where to find it, introduce you to some of the other ones, and talk a little bit more about the reference itself. Uh, again, I will, um, I'll, I'll put a link oh. to it in the show notes or head on over to our YouTube channel, and you can find it there as well. Okay. Okay, seriously, I love Easter eggs. Intentional inside jokes are awesome, and yeah, I just Googled it, and there's tons of them. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? That's awesome. And it's not just... Just Disney. There's other places where you can find it, too. All right. I'm going to be on the site for a minute. Go ahead. Keep going. Talk amongst my <laughs> Well, listen, <laughs> if you like Easter eggs, right, and, and I'm an yeah. Easter egg guy, and again, they put them in Marvel movies, too. I just saw Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier, for the first of probably 600 times. There are a boatload of Easter eggs there, and it's not a, well, maybe it is really? a spoiler, but near the end... There is a reference to a non-Disney movie that has to do with Nick Fury that I literally screamed out loud at the at the at the theater. I was people looked at me like, no. "What is he talking about?" I was like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" And it was awesome. And when you see it, <laughs> right? When you see it in a clip, tweet me. When you if you catch that, it it you've never even you don't even know who Captain America is. Anyway, you know I'm gonna go. I am gonna go see that movie this weekend, and then I'm just gonna completely tweet you constantly going, but I didn't scream. You tell me first of all. Keep. Put your phone away in the theater. You tell me how many times you yell at the screen, like, oh, my God, I get, oh, my God. Like, flames from the side of my face during that entire movie at all the different things that were going on. It's all Seriously, I just got my voice back from yelling at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I need to be able to talk for a little while. So, wait, you saw Agents of, never mind. We're going on. Yeah, I I did. I I I I saw it in reverse order. We won't talk about it now, but, all right. Next question says, hey, Lou and Becky, if you're reading this on a podcast, my wife, daughter, and I will be sailing with you on the Disney Dream on August 10th this year. Can applause and laughter. We are so excited to be on our second Disney cruise, and I'm very excited to meet you and make some new Disney friends. I promise you will. We booked our cruise through DVC. I know, maybe not the best use of points. But we wanted a vacation, and this is what we can do. So how do we register with you or Becky so that we can be part of the group with the yellow lanyards and all? Also, I told my 14-year-old daughter that someone, maybe it was a Christy Visaki, made up sort of a pen pal arrangement before the cruise so she can get to know a friend or two before she gets there. She was happily excited about this and wants to know when that kind of thing normally happens. You always say we're friends whether we've met yet or not, and I'd have to agree with that. I can't wait for my handshake and a hug. Keep up the excellent work on the podcast and the Wednesday night live shows. That is from Dave Wido. Wido. He's DVC Dave in the box. And he is from Rochester, New York. So, Becky, uh, he's obviously talking about our cruise on the Disney Dream, yeah. August 10th through the 14th. It's actually part of what we have recently announced as our WDW Radio Neverland and Sea. You see what <gasps> we did there? The Neverland yeah, and Sea. Event. There's your Disney bounding right there. Calm down. I'm not dressing like <laughs> Peter Pan. My tights are in the wash. So it is part of our Neverland and Sea. We're going to do some stuff in Walt Disney World beforehand, and then we're going to have our cruise on the Disney Dream right after. Uh, so address this question because we do get this yeah, a lot, right? People who you know want to or need to use their DVC points but also want to try and be part of the group. 
And I'll, I will be the bearer of bad news because, you know, obviously we want to include everybody we possibly can, but it does come down to business decisions and, and finances. And it, this is always a challenge for us. and We struggle with it every time. But unlike other cruise lines, Disney no longer offers any special benefits for groups. So they're not offering any benefits to throw the parties. They're not throwing any um, bones our way to help fund some of the things we do. So with Disney and we do these groups, the bookings actually fund all of the group activities and the amenities that we provide for our group guests. So having said that, DBC, obviously, if you book through them, you're not part of the group and can't be because we don't have that ability to reach into that booking to help fund the activities that are going on within the group. And we struggle with this all the time. The other thing too is DVC won't allow us to do anything with a booking that you make with them as well. So when we make um, special group situations, when we do group dining, when we do things together, we're unable to pull all of your information over because we're not in control of your, we meaning Mousefound Travel, isn't in control of your booking. Therefore, we can't do anything with it. So we do have a lot of stumbling blocks. We do have, you know, a lot of, again, a lot of struggles with this because we do want to include everybody. But frankly, we need the bookings in our group so that we can fund the guests and fund the, the amenities and fund the freebies and fund the parties. So unfortunately, we do have to have people book with us and in the group so we can make sure to include you in everything to be part of the group. And Dave, I, I, I very much understand your situation and feel your pain, and I do get this question a lot, and I can, t- I can tell you that Becky and I have been trying to talk about this and figure out a solution, and we're going to try and see what we can do, not for this cruise, but maybe uh, for upcoming cruises, um, if, if we can sort of create some kind of opportunity for uh, people to, to come and be part of the group. But I, I hope to see you. I will definitely find you on board anyway and, and look forward to meeting you and your family. Uh, next question comes from Mark Hokanen. Who says, hey, Lou, my fiance and I love your podcast. Finally, Becky, a couple that, that gets along. My, your positivity is infectious, <laughs> and for that, a huge thank you from both of us. My question is this. I live in New Orleans and was recently researching Disney Cruises when I came across an article on NOLA.com, which hints at New Orleans becoming a new port for Disney Cruises. I would love to know if this is indeed happening because it would be amazing to be able to leave on a cruise minutes from our home. Any information would be much appreciated. Thanks again. Keep doing what you're doing again. That's Mark Hokanen. So, Becky, this is one of the things. It's like the fifth park, right? We hear about this all the time. Potential new ports that Disney cruises may leave from. Uh, Obviously, Disney a couple years ago started leaving out of Galveston. And according to the article, New Orleans is trying to, you know, lure the Disney cruise lines to use the port of New Orleans as a, uh, not as a destination, but as a port. To, uh, to to have the you know ships docked in it and leave from, what do you think as sort of the DCL expert of the possibility of something like that happening? Well, ports are in heavy competition for for cruise lines because they bring a lot of tourism money to the city. So we have the same thing up here when Disney or other cruise lines do Alaska. You have Vancouver fighting against Seattle on a constant basis trying to to get those cruise ships in because, of course, it means a lot of money. Unfortunately, they did try Galveston and it frankly wasn't successful, as successful as they needed it to be. So I'm sure that that had some weight on their decision about uh, for this year when they just announced 2015 through, I think we're up to fall now, uh, of not having anything from Galveston or from New Orleans at this time. But Disney Cruise Line always does like to try new things. So you never know. A port might come up with a package that they can't turn down and there's some great opportunities to to take uh, a couple of sailings out of that location to go down south. But you never know what we'll see in the future. But I know at this point, Galveston and um, and New Orleans are both out of the picture so far for what they've announced. Yeah, and like you said, they they are trying different uh, ports. Like you said, Vancouver, Miami. You know, I, I love mm-hmm. the magic leaving out, out of Miami. Miami is a, a great city to leave out of. Uh, San Juan, right? They, they also depart out of San right. Juan a couple times too. Yeah. So you never really know. And I think that that really is what they're doing: is sort of testing. Pardon the intentional pun. Yeah, testing the waters another, to to see what works yeah. best. Yeah, and another thing you run into is Disney Cruise Line has a specific level of expectation when people embark a ship and disembark a ship, and of course they have this fabulous, awesome, incredible 
port facility in Port Canaveral and people are so used to that experience. So they want to make sure that if they do go out of these other ports that they are doing their best to meet the guests' high expectations of a Disney Cruise Line for embarkation, disembarkation as well. Right. All right, let's try and get through a couple more questions very quickly. Hey, Lou, my name is Nicole DeMeo Tata. On the or in the box world, my husband and I are upstate Disney nerds. We are New Yorkers <laughs> who visit Walt Disney World once a year. I'm traveling to Orlando July 17th, 18th, and 19th for business, and I'm staying at the Marriott World Center. Of course, I cannot come to Orlando and not visit my place, my favorite place in the entire world. My husband is probably going to stop speaking to me because he can't come with me, but I'm really having a hard time figuring out what to do. I'm only planning to spend an extra two days to visit Walt Disney World. So do I buy a one or two day ticket and just visit the Magic Kingdom at $100 a day? Eek, she says. Do I buy a no expiration ticket for a longer amount of time, knowing I'll use it at another time? Or do I take advantage of outside Disney activities and not even do the parks? I thought of you instantly. Your husband probably isn't going to like that either. And figured you'd be the one to ask. Please help. Thanks so much in advance. Hope to meet you someday. P.S. I love 102 Ways, and I tell everybody about you. Thanks so much, Nicole. Nicole, thank you. Becky, I think in trying to answer her question, it raises other questions, right? When do you think you're going to come back? Mm -hmm. Do you think you're going to come back again in the next few months, within the next count, you know, 365 days? Um, Yes, the book has tips about maybe what tickets to buy, but something else I thought about too was maybe can you see if your conference or the hotel has special park tickets available as well? Mm Mm-hmm. That's it? You just give me mm mm-hmm? That's all you got? Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I thought it sounded like the like the, inter- the internet's been going in and out for a few minutes. So I'm just kind of waiting on yet. So, and and you're you're right because there are a lot of different t- uh, ticket opportunities, especially if it is a convention, because a lot of times they will have some sort of convention discounts on tickets. But like you said. I mean, that's really broad. What What is it about Disney that you love so much? Because it's your favorite place in the entire world. Is it the parks? Is it, are you okay doing a day on outside activities? If it's the parks, dang it, get a two-park ticket and soak it all in. Um, the no expiration thing is not going to be an option any longer because they've discontinued that as an option for tickets. So it's going to be more about um, when you'll come back to enjoy the parks again. I think you really have to just look at what's going to make you happy in your favorite place in the entire world and sometimes just you know shelling out a little bit of cash and spending two days in the place that makes you extremely happy is uh, is going to be the ultimate answer for me nicole here's here's a, a a thought for you and i gotta hate to sound like tim foster but go with me here oh boy because i listen i'm a big proponent. you're spending too much time with him uh-huh. i'm spending too much yeah uh, i'm a huge <laughs> proponent of the annual pass and, and I want you to consider it, even though you're only going for two days, again, how many more times do you want, forget about how many times you're planning on, how many more times do you want to come down? You're upstate Disney nerds, your husband's mad you're not going to come down, he's not coming down yeah. to you. So fine, you want to motivate him to take more trips, say, hey, you know what, let's get annual passes. If you come more than about, if you stay about the, the eight, nine <laughs> days or so, your annual pass is a much better value in terms of just your per day ticket cost. You mm-hmm. also save on hotels. For the love of all things sacred, please go buy a Tables in Wonderland card because the hundred dollars you're going to spend there, you're going to make up so much, so very quickly on your multiple trips to Disney World because you save twenty percent on food and alcohol. You also get discounts on merchandise with your annual pass. Uh, again, big proponent, and at the very least, Nicole. You said, look, I bought an annual pass. We have to go back. Like, I bought it already. We need to go back and use it. And, and if he doesn't go, no problem. You go by yourself, and we are, like, ending relationships one question at a time here. <laughs> <laughs> right, but so. you're right. I mean, if you if you in the, in the year, if you're going to go, uh, you know, invest in that annual pass. Like you said, you might make it up just in food if you get the tables in wonderland so oh, yeah. I, I stick it to the man when it comes to my tables in wonderland they lose money on me with that oh, All right. boy don't we know uh, it. another box person backside of water in the box who's tony hey. from illinois says hey lou and becky first want to say love the podcast listen to the show at least twice a week i also look forward to wednesday nights so i can hang out in the box with people who don't roll their eyes every time i talk about disney by the way if you don't understand what quote unquote the box is 
every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. I do a live video broadcast and interactive chat at wdwradiolive.com. If you've come there 100 times or for first time there, you are technically in the box. You are a box person, and you are part of my extended family. So come and join the fun. You know you've got Tony and a few other people in the box, too. Nicole is probably going to be looking for somebody to travel to Walt Disney World with, so you can come and meet her as well. Uh, he says, on to my questions. I know you probably talk about, primarily talk about Walt Disney World, but I can't think of any two people who I'd trust more with this topic. I was afraid he was going to ask me about, like, WikiWatchy or some of those other places, but he continues <laughs> on to say, I want to book a trip to Disneyland to see Yay. where it all got started and go to DCA to see Cars Land which, by the way, Tony, I think is the most beautiful thing Imagineering has done in ages. How long do you recommend I set aside for my trip? And should I look at staying at a Disney resort or one of the good neighbor hotels? Thanks for taking the time to answer my questions. Hope I run into you in the park sometime. I promise you will. Two questions, Becky. How long do you recommend I set aside for a trip to, to Disneyland, at which it seems it is his first time going? Minimum three nights, four days. I uh, Minimum... To if you want to stay at at one of the Disney resorts and have time to relax and see everything and maybe take a tour, then stretch it out farther. But I would say it's is is definitely three or four nights minimum to stay there yeah. to to at least really soak in um, a lot of the uh, the things that you're targeting to see. And it also depends on the time of year too, because it can get extremely crowded and you're going to spend some time in some queues. Um, uh, if you're in the summer season or when kids are out of school. Yeah, four days is sort of what, having been, you know, the more I go back, the longer I want to stay. So I was thinking four yeah. days. And Tony, it, it's a no-brainer for me. You you have to stay on a, a, at a Disney resort. If you want to get that full first-time Disneyland experience, and again, there, there's a variety of choices to choose from. There's Paradise Pier, Disneyland Hotel, and the Grand Californian. If it's within your budget and I will shamelessly plug, like this is where Mouse Fan Travel could help sort of see what can work for you. There is something special about staying on property in Disneyland the same way it is in Walt Disney World. I'm actually a huge fan of the Disneyland Hotel. You want to talk mm -hmm. about going where it all started? Like that just feels like Disneyland, man. Like that's, that like eat, you breathe, like live, it just bleeds Disneyland. <laughs> it does. And with the new rooms being completely overhauled and the colors and the fireworks and the headboard and you are surrounded by magic from the moment you wake up to the to the moment you go to sleep. And I really am an advocate of the Disneyland Hotel. That's the place that I prefer as well. Believe it or not, I love Grand Californian, but with all the things that they've done and the pool, what they oh, did yeah. at Disneyland Hotel, updating the pool, and then of course, <clears throat> uh, Trader, Trader Sam's. Yeah. Sam's. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you've got the character breakfast there, and it's just it's Disney. And then just over by the convention center, where they have that huge wall of memorabilia, I could yeah. stand there for hours and look at all those things. Yeah, and the, the restaurants there are awesome as well. I, I, Disneyland mm -hmm. Hotel is is my favorite. So Steakhouse um, Fifty Five. Just I, saying. I know. Listen, Goofy's gotta go kitchen. back. Remember Goofy's Kitchen? Remember how much fun we had at, at D twenty three the first time we went to Goofy's? Yeah, kitchen? we were eating pizza, um, Mulan, peanut butter and, and jelly pizza. Mulan was there, and Cinderella was there, yeah. and Goofy was there, and there gotta were other there were characters there too. But those were just the people sitting at my table. Um, all right. <laughs> We're running along. Let's go. I'm going to jump ahead. One quick question, and we got to make it about food. It's from Lee from Connecticut, and she is desperate. She is desperate, Becky. She says, hey, Lou, I love the show. My son, her poor son, loves the apple turnovers that used to be found at the Main Street Bakery, which is now Starbucks with a whole new menu. Is there somewhere that I and that boy can currently find them? Thank you so much. Lee from Connecticut, I've got good news for you. The, the, uh, the apple turnovers are gone, but they're not forgotten. And one place you can get them is over in the Boulangerie Patisserie in France. They're called Chanson au Pont. They're called Apple Turnovers, whatever. You can also get them at Starring <laughs> Rolls, the End Zone Food Court, uh, over at All Star Sports, Kusafari. They're in a bunch of different places throughout property. So um, part you're on a quest, a quest for fun and for Apple Turnovers. So I'm going to end very quickly, Becky, um, not with a question about Apple turbo Turnovers, but what is your sort of favorite little sweet treat, right? Like you want to grab something um, in the morning or like on your way, like in between breakfast and lunch called brunch or liner, whatever it is. 
if it's not an Apple II, what's that, like the one little handheld sweet treat you love to get? Sadly, uh, well, you know what I used to do when I was leaving at night, leaving the fireworks after wishes at Magic Kingdom? I would stop and get a cinnamon roll at the bakery and take it back to the room and have that oh. for breakfast in the morning. Put that in the microwave. That, Put it in the yeah, you could book. smell. Because oh, you, can't, you can't walk down Main Street without smelling it. And so you had to like go, I need one of those. And you would carefully take it back to your room and stash it to the side and have it ready for breakfast. That is my... That's it right there. And that's the question I want to leave to you who's listening. What's your favorite little sweet treat, that one little indulgence that you just love to grab, whether it's an apple turnover, the cinnamon rolls or the size of your head, whatever it might be, leave your answer in the comments section. Come to WDWRadio.com, click on this week's podcast link, leave a comment there. Curious to see what you guys uh, are, are interested in and what you really enjoy. Or come to the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash WDWRadio. Or on the Twitter, I'm at Lou Mangiello. Tweet me. Let me know what your favorite sweet treat is. And as long as you are on the interwebs, please go and visit Mouse Fan Travel because it's true. Whether you're coming to World or Land or with us on a cruise or Adventures by Disney, basically anywhere on planet Earth, they're trying to expand to the International Space Station in future years, visit Mouse <laughs> Fan Travel. They, Becky, honestly, you guys, and I say this all the time, and I know it sounds like it's rote or I'm reading a script, but you do help people find what is best for them at the best possible prices if there's discounts available you'll apply them for them without them having to sort of track them down and let you know yeah but what sets you guys apart and the only reason why i'm friends with you is i mean wow. is because why i recommend you so highly <laughs> is because it's all about service right we we come to disney because we have come to expect and appreciate a certain level of personal service we are all made to feel like we we are vips and that's the thing that you guys do so well to everybody that books with you. And your oh, agents are good you. huggers. And that too. Oh, my team rocks because they treat people's vacations as if it were their own. So you, if you can dream it, we can plan it and book it. We're here for you. And I think the biggest thing that a lot of, especially Disney fans who think, well, I can get, I can do all, all yourself. Absolutely you can. But the moment that something goes awry... We have a great relationship with Disney that can help us fix any issues that come along. And an offer comes out, you don't even have to worry about it. We've already applied it, and you get an email or a phone call that says, hey, guess what? I just saved you $100 on your, on your trip. That's what we're here for, and that's what makes our day. So we love what we do, and we love spreading the Disney magic. Awesome. And you guys are very good. Again, you can find them over at mousefantravel.com. And uh, you can also find us at a lot of events that we do together, too. If you, uh, if, mm -hmm. if you enjoy going to Walt's World solo or with the fiance that doesn't like you or their disgraceful friend, <laughs> uh, if you, if you want to meet more people that are like-minded like you, visit the events page at www.radio.com because Becky and I always do a lot of different fun events in world and around yeah. the country and Aulani and Disneyland. And we got a lot of cool stuff coming up, including things I haven't even told Becky about yet. And the tour bus. And the, and tour, the tour bus. bus. Yep. The world, the the, uh, the the nationwide tour on the bus, if we could ever pull that together. So, uh, oh yeah, Min, as you or or Bacall, or Norbu, <laughs> look up Norbu and Bob. You'll figure out who they are. Thank you so very much okay. for uh, for joining me once again. Well, thank you for having me. And I, I guess I guess we now have to start thinking. How about this? Would this work? Maybe a Captain America Disney binding bounding? How about that? I would go like Steve Rogers, like with the leather jacket, like the 1940s. See? I, that I could do. See? I gotta work out. I, I, I gotta go work instead out. He, instead, you just immediately dismissing it. No, 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 I'm not gonna do it. We can find something for you. I'm It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history, see how well you pay attention to the details and what you see, or maybe even what you hear, and then enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week we were talking about the history and the genesis of the hub in the Magic Kingdom, as well as the partner statue. So I asked that when they were considering designing the statue and having Mickey hold Walt's hands, Blaine Gibson consulted footage from what Disney animated film to determine just how tall Mickey Mouse should be. 
Hundreds of you entered and got this one correct because you know that in Fantasia, conductor Leopold Sukovsky bends down and shakes Mickey's hand, giving a sense of proportion and scale to find out just how tall Mickey Mouse should be. Again, thanks to all of you that entered, I randomly selected one winner for all six of my audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom and a copy of my new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World. And last week's winner is Katie Perez. So Katie, congratulations. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay because here's your next opportunity to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So after seeing Muppets Most Wanted recently and yesterday heading out to Epcot and doing the new Muppetational scavenger hunt throughout World Showcase, I was in a Muppets kind of mood. So in the Muppet Vision 3D pre-show over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Max was sent over by the union to fill in for someone because she was out sick. So all you need to do this week is tell me who did the union send over to have Max fill in. Email me at contest at wdwradio.com by 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, April 20th. Again, that's contest at wdwradio.com. You're playing for all six of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, as well as a copy of my new book about saving money for and at Walt Disney World. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. In addition to this podcast, which you can find and subscribe to over on iTunes just by searching for WDW Radio, be sure and check out WDWRadio.com. There you're going to find multiple daily blog posts from a great team of writers, as well as new videos, our free newsletter, free app for your mobile device, our discussion forums, and so much more. You can also comment on this week's show in the show notes by clicking on the podcast link and then finding this week's episode, leaving comments there. You can also comment over at Facebook.com slash Radio. I love connecting with you online as well. So in addition to the WW Radio fan page, you can follow me personally over on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. I'm at Lou Mangiello on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest as well. And as much as I love connecting with you guys online, I believe that nothing can substitute for a handshake and a hug, which is why I love doing Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World and other meets around the country. Thank you so much. To everybody who came out to the River Roost Lounge at Port Orleans Riverside this past Saturday, had a great evening with Yeehaw Bob. And if you weren't there in person, thanks to the hundreds of you that tuned in and watched and was part of the fun online. Really, really appreciate it. Check the events page over at www.radio.com for future Meets of the Month, including our next one on May 3rd. That's the day of the Expedition Everest Challenge. Also, there's a brand new event coming this summer to Roanoke, Virginia called Mouskameets.com. It is brought to you by Chuck Lionberger, the Disney Daddy from DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com and sponsored by Mouse Fan Travel. I will be up there participating in a number of the events that take place over a Thursday and a Friday. I'm actually doing a social media presentation on Thursday, which you guys are welcome to come and attend. There's a full day Disney meetup and event all day on Friday and a special, special dinner on Friday night Tickets to the events are available now. Registration is open with limited availability, so please go and visit mousegameets.com. You can also join us this summer for our WDW Radio Neverland and Sea event, our pre-cruise event in Walt Disney World, August 7th through the 9th, or join us on the Disney Dream, August 10th through the 14th. You can find out more about these and lots of other events, again, by visiting the events page over at wdwradio.com. You can also find out where else I'll be speaking around the country by visiting my events page over at lumangelo.com. And if you're interested in having me come to speak at your conference, to your business, to consult, or your school, you can find out how to contact me there as well. Thanks again to Becky Mankin for joining me on this week's show. Be sure and check out mousefantravel.com. As I said, they are who I recommend because it's who I use and for all the reasons that I gave you during this week's show, whether you're going to Disney World, Land, or anywhere around the planet, she and her team can definitely help you out. Also, if you want some more Disney magic delivered right to your door, find out how to subscribe and order back issues of Celebrations Magazine by visiting celebrationspress.com. 
And don't forget, I want this to show to be for and about and sort of by you. I want you to be as much of a, of a part of the show as you'd like to be. So if you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. You can call and be heard on the air by leaving a voicemail at 407-900-9391 or visiting the website at wdwradio.com. Click on the button on the right-hand side of the page. Click on the Leave Lou a Voicemail button, and you can just use your computer's microphone and leave me a voicemail that I'll play on the show. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Come by, share links or comment over on Facebook. And please come by and rate and review the show over on iTunes. More importantly, if you like my new book, 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World, it is available in print, on Kindle, as a PDF, on the Nook, coming very soon to iBooks. But if you have it and you enjoy it, please go to Amazon.com, rate and review the book there. It is incredibly helpful. And if you have the book out and about, in your backyard, at the beach, in Walt Disney World, email me a picture at lou at www.radio.com and I'll share it on Facebook and Twitter and in the podcast show notes as well. And finally, I need to say again a huge thank you to each and every one of you individually for taking the time to listen to the show and letting me share my passion for Disney with you through this podcast and so many other ways. I tell you that I wake up every morning excited about what I'm going to do each and every day, and it is all because of you. And I want you to feel that same way as well. I want you to be excited for the opportunities that every day and every week bring to you. So... Just remember that turning your dreams into a reality takes a ridiculous amount of discipline, determination, dedication, and drive. Always have faith and believe in what you are doing and always keep moving forward. Thank you all so very much once again. Have a great week, everybody. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou. Andrew here from Charlottesville, Virginia. I'd like to start by just saying thanks for the show and keeping me in touch with the magic when I'm so far away from Disney World wanted to let you know that I recently accepted an internship at Walt Disney World for the fall, and because of that, and a little encouragement from your recent show, I've decided to join the WDW radio running team. Unfortunately, the 10-miler was sold out already, but I've registered for the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror Weekend 5K, and can't wait to meet you and the rest of the team when I get there. Also wanted to let you know how much it means to me that the running team raises money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I had a cousin with a terminal illness who had his wishes come true thanks to them. So I know how much it means to these families to be given the opportunity to have that time together and to make those fantastic memories. So needless to say, I'm thrilled to be part of the team and to be part of making someone else's dreams come true. Anyways, I just wanted to let you know that I'm headed down to Orlando and I'm excited beyond belief to meet everyone. I've heard a lot about different meet of the month and running events, and I'm really looking forward to attending my first one. Thanks again for the show, and I'll see you real soon. You've got a friend in me. Yeah.